Welcome to the Oasis Unstacked, where we cover NFTs, the metaverse, crypto gaming, and everything in between. This podcast is sponsored by CoinFlex, the home of crypto yield. Whether you're passively managing money or taking an actively managed approach, you can earn and trade crypto easily on CoinFlex, which sees over $2 billion in daily trading volume. CoinFlex is committed to making crypto derivatives yield accessible to everyone, whether you are investing hundreds or thousands of dollars and more. With a newly launched automated market-making product called AMM+, you can earn yield on crypto by providing liquidity into the futures markets. The AMM Plus is 10 times more capital efficient than other automated market makers and offers multiple collateral types so that you can earn more with less. Interested in learning more about CoinFlex and trying out the AMM Plus? Head over to coinflex.com AMM to get started and let the market work for you. Welcome to the Oasis Unstacked, where we cover NFTs, the metaverse, crypto gaming, and everything in between. Today, we have a really special conversation and one that Tom and I have been trying to have for a long time. We are going to speak with Moneris, aka Paula, because she's had a really interesting journey in this space and has a very valuable, valuable perspective to artists that are trying to break into crypto art, NFTs, Web3, and everything peripheral. For some, some context, Paula and I go way, way back. We have been creative co-conspirators for almost a decade now. We both are New York-based street photographers, and uh, we're both signed to Sony Alpha as ambassadors, and we've done a ton of other projects together as well. But we, we've traveled the world. We've been to Cuba. We've been to all sorts of different places, documenting the things we see. And, and also, both have made our career largely in the ecosystems of Web2, when I say Web2, I mean Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, social media, across the board, and even places like Tumblr back in the day when that was a hot platform. But you know, this year uh, and going into the pandemic, we both kind of lost a lot of our income because we couldn't travel and we couldn't do events and we couldn't do all the things that we were used to doing to, to make ends meet. And the silver lining in all of the tragedy of the pandemic was that there was this incredible adoption of web3 technologies and when i again when i say web3 i mean nfts crypto art and blockchain mechanisms and stuff like that so paula it's so nice to be here with you today and we're really excited to get into kind of how you learned about the space and and how you've been able to turn it into a big success for for you and your career so welcome thank you thank you for having me hi michelle hi omar nice seeing you guys here so I think for me, uh, if I you know look back on this, I think I, it was back in November. I remember I was on Instagram and I saw JN Silva posting on Instagram that he was like you know selling his work as an NFT, and I and I remember like being like, what is that? Like what is, what are NFTs? I was like completely clueless. I think that was my first time actually reading about it and you know seeing someone talk about NFTs, and I was like you know like. I remember like kind of like ignoring it because I didn't understand it. And now I kind of regret it, not actually like diving in and like reading more about it. But, you know, like uh, I'm a full, full-time photographer. So like pretty much I make my, my income um, from Instagram. So I pretty much just like left it at that. But then um, I think a couple months later, Dave, you were the actual, the, actually the one that was like, listen, this is, 
this is actually something that's happening because I know you care about me like 100%. So you were like, you should really like think about this because I think this is the future for, for artists and photographers and everything. So I think it was like the beginning of January that you introduced me to Nifty. I think we were buying a bunch of stuff back then. So um, you started explaining this space to me and it was just like, it's like I, I, I was like amazed about everything that you were tra- telling me. So I, I remember spending, I, I think I was like 10 grand and I started buying art on Nifty. I, I have a, I had a Mac, Mad Dog Jones. I had a ferocious piece. So that's when I started like learning about the space and seeing like all the possibilities. And you kept teaching me about it. And like you, you to this day, you still tell me I'm so glad you listened. And honestly, I'm so glad I did because it's because of you that I'm here today and it's it's just been like a while like I think what is what is it September like like maybe like seven months of just like learning because I feel like in this space you never stop learning for me if you think about it like a couple months ago when I first joined I had no idea what I was going to do in this space because pretty much art was the only thing selling so I think Omar was here with me in the beginning that we were like, oh, my God, we don't we didn't know if photography had a, like belonged in this space. So I remember trying to learn, like animate my my image. And it was just like it was so like now that I look back, it was like so chaotic because like I'm like, oh, my God, I should have just like went with photography. But because this space was so new, we didn't actually know what was going to happen. But then I, I remember I got an invite to foundation from SAC. And then I, you know, I decided to be like, you know, I, I went for it. I was like, you know what? Photography should have its own place in, in this in this place. Like it belongs. So I decided to mint one of my images that it's from my debut. debut. And I think it took like a month for it to sell. Still remember that day. Like, it was just such an amazing feeling, such a rush of like, you know, like, wow. Like, but then that's when only landscapes were selling at the time, I think. So that's when like all the um, street photographers and like, we were like, oh my God, what happened now? We have to stay patient. Like, it's the, we, our time is going to come. And and now if you fast forward today you see so many changes and it's just like it's been such a crazy journey so it's it's been a challenge like mentally and and physically but I'm just like you know learning as I go and it's been it's been pretty amazing yeah it's really interesting because you've had a lot of success in web too like you're one of the I think I would call you one of the most successful street photographers on Instagram and that's great and it's amazing but technology really evolves so quickly and and you know just like you were early to instagram now you're early to this new world of of nfts and web3 and what's kind of interesting about one thing i always say about web2 like people are like what's the value like why are why is instagram worth billions and billions of dollars right and it's because there's a ton of people the users of those platforms pour a tremendous amount of effort and energy into building community and building, you know, beautiful content that makes those places worth being. And then, you know, the platforms themselves get to sell advertising against the attention generated by its community. And so the value is there. It's just that the the users don't get any real direct share of the value that they're generating for those platforms. And one of the, you know, 
promises of Web3 that I hope we can really realize over the you know coming years, months and years as we develop this space, I really hope that artists can continue to take a much bigger part of the value that they're generating in these communities. For example, you know, OpenSea takes like 2.5% and the artist gets the rest. And that's a profound shift from 0%. So that's why I'm so excited about this transition from, from Web 2 to Web 3 technologies, because it's really important in order to build healthy digital ecosystems that the people putting in all the effort get at least a bigger slice of that pie. So Paula, let's talk a little bit about your uh, recent collection. You know, you've done stuff on Foundation, as you mentioned. You've also done some stuff on OpenSea. And most recently, you actually worked with somebody to build your own custom smart contract. And I wanted to hear a bit about that experience and why that was important to you. Sure. Um, So the way that it happened, I have a previous collection called Collecting Hands. So there, there's this specific collector, I called him Zero X because I really don't know who he is. He's anonymous, but he's been just like such a blessing in disguise. And, and that's how I feel about this space. Like you get to connect and, and meet so many collectors and, and people. And it's just like, it's amazing how one person can have such a big influence and can help you so much. So this is how I feel about him. He's a collector of mine. He has pretty much like... He collected like three um, pieces of mine from from the Collecting Hands collection, and he owns one of my foundation pieces, The Girl on the Train, which Tom mentioned he really likes. So thank you. So one day we were actually having a conversation and he's like, you know, I don't really know who you are because he has no idea of my background. He you know, he didn't know about my Instagram career or everything that I've been able to accomplish, you know, in the real world. That's what I call it now, because it's like there's like two different worlds. But he's like, I, I see a lot of potential and I like the way that, you know, you engage with the community and I love your work. And so we had a, we pretty much had a long conversation and he was like, you know, like, I want to help you. And at first I was kind of like, you know, I was like, is this real? Because obviously I, I didn't want to get scammed or it, it seemed too good to be true that someone was so open and willing to help me. But, you know, after talking to him for hours, he was like, you know, like, I want to help you because he really knows so much about the space. He's been doing it for years. So he was like, I think photographers should have their own smart contract and and I want to help you. If you have a, a collection that you, if you have something else that you want to do, I want to help you, you know, I have someone that can write your own smart contract. I can introduce you to him. So I was like, yes, like, of course I want this. So we we had a meeting. His name is Nicholas. We, you know, they were, they were very patient with me because I, you know, as, as I said before, I just started in the space, like maybe like five months ago. So they were pretty much like teaching me so much and explaining why is it so important to have your own smart contract instead of just like, you know, minting your work on OpenSea. And we pretty much spend, I think, a month just like, you know, building the contract and then going back and forth and then like explaining new things and like why I should do it, the things I had to do. And it's, it was just like so amazing, you know, because I felt like I've learned so much in the past month and I'm like so blessed to have them in my life because they honestly change everything for me. The fact that I can say that I have my own smart contract just being in the space for like a couple of months, it's like 
it feels incredible. So I was able to do this. I have a collection called New York City Underground Stories, and it's minted on my own contract, smart contract. The collection sold out. It was like maybe like 15 minutes. It was just insane, the amount of love and support that it received. And, you know, every like we have such a great chemistry now. And it's like we say that we're in a, like a dream team because they want to continue work with, working with me because they see the value that I have in the space. And just having someone, you know, that doesn't know you, believe in you so much makes me want to work even harder. And it's just like now that I've experienced this, I want all of my friends and, and every photographer that I know to have their own smart contract because now I understand the importance of having that and just how how much it's going to you know affect the space and how important it is for everyone to do that. Yeah, so I've pinned I've actually pinned your contract to the top of the space if people want to take a look. And if you go into that thread, you can see, you know, the whole collection and the link to the collection and, you know, one of the reasons just to elaborate on what Paula's saying here, this space and, and crypto in general and, and blockchain is really all about like self-sovereignty, right? It's about being in a decentralized space where you as an individual can have control over your data, you can have control over your financial situation, and to kind of like decouple yourself from the bureaucracies that kind of middleman you and, and take value from the transactions that you make in, in the real world. And so the world we're trying to build with NFTs is, is about empowering artists. And a huge key part of that is, you know, if you have your own contract, it's it's much closer to that dream than it is to you you know use central more centralized solutions. So that's something that you know I was lucky enough to work with Manifold for my project Drive, and it was really important to me that I that I had my own kind of like sovereign self where like the seed of my projects could could generate from. And uh, Paula worked with a different team. An, an astounding team that I've actually had some calls with and they're, they're really, really incredible. So shout out to Nicholas as well. And just as a word of advice to artists, like there's a ton of, you know, partner up with developers or, or, you know, there's so many incredible people in the space and they might be strangers to you now, but just like Paula said, a little bit of uh, conversation and, and collaboration can turn those strangers into friends. And, and that's what the space is really all about. Tom, I don't know if you wanted to speak to the idea of, of artists having their own contracts as a, on the collector side, but I'd love to hear your opinion as well. Yeah, I think I think it's really um, important and you know in, in a longer term. But I also kind of wanted to ask you guys back about you know having your own contract, right? Like when if you're just just starting it out in the space and having your own contract is sort of difficult right now because there's so much you know queue and demand to have that. So like Dave and Paul, like, what do you, what do you guys think about that? Like, should, should artists have this from day one? I mean, ideally, yes, but, you know, practically speaking, like at what point should you really go for your own contract versus trying to, you know, start it out more lower hurdle way? For example, you could, you know, mint the collection on OpenSea directly using their contract at the same time. How do you guys That's feel like about that? Yeah, that's a great question. I'll take it first and then I'll pass to, to Moneris here. My my dad always had this expression that I, that I really love. And I think he was quoting someone else, but it was, don't let the best be the enemy of the good. So, you know, if you are such a perfectionist that you never get anything out the door, that's a really bad way to, to go about things. 
And that's relevant to this because, you know, yeah, it, it, there is significant technical hurdles to getting your own contract. But so, so like if that's just too, if it's too difficult for you to find people or, or to wait, then I would suggest just getting started with NFTs and because everything you do in this space, you're going to learn and you're going to do better on the next iteration. So I don't think it's so precious that you shouldn't mint anything unless it's on your own contract. But if you can find a way to work with a solidity, a solidity developer or you know work with a platform that helps you customize your own contracts, there are a lot, but you're right. There's, there's huge wait lists and stuff like that. Personally, I've, you know, I mint on super rare and that's not on my contract. You know, it's on the super rare contract and that's, that's fine with me. But when I was doing a larger collection, I actually did wait like multiple months just to have my own contract. So I think that it's up to every individual. And it's also about like the stage in, in your career that you're at. Paula actually minted collecting hands on the open sea contract, which did very, very well. And then she most recently minted this new collection on her own custom contract, and it also did really well. So it's more about, to me, is like long-term thinking when you look back. It's kind of nice to have things generate from your own kind of coded DNA, so to speak. But Moneris, why don't you speak to your experience as you've kind of split and minted on, on many different contracts and most recently your own? What do you think? Yeah, I honestly don't think that someone should should stop themselves from from minting something just because they don't have their own contract like having the experience that i had um with collecting hands just you know minting it on open sea versus having the new collection under my own contract i don't i don't really think that should influence someone just like oh i don't have my own contract i shouldn't mint anything because like like you said like it's it's still your work. Like I think it's going to get to a point where it's going to be accessible for everyone, and they're going to be every artist and photographer are going to be able to just like you know mint their own work under their own contract. But it's like it's like don't stop just because you don't have it. A lot of I have a couple friends that are just like oh I have a collection ready, but I really don't want to like mint it because I I really want to have my own contract. And I always tell them like don't wait. Like if if you feel like you're ready, just do it. Because like we're saying that there's such like high demand because people see the important of, you know, and now I think Manifold was like, they said that they were going to, you know, that anyone is going to be able to do it, that it's free. But the fact that there's so many of us, you know, and every day, you know, you get people joining the space. It's going to be interesting seeing how that's going to just like, how, how the doors are going to be open for everyone and be like, okay, you know what, do it. So it's going to be interesting, but definitely like all my friends, I tell them the same thing. If you feel ready, just do it. I actually, for the collecting hands, the one that is not under my own contract, I am going to continue adding to that collection, but it's going to be under my own contract as well. So I am talking to Nicholas and Zero X to see how we're going to move that collection from OpenSea and we're going to transfer it to my own contract. So it's like very tricky. And they already told me it's not going to be easy because they said I pretty much have to reach out to every collector, every holder for collecting hands. And I pretty much have to tell them like, hey, you have to burn that photo and I'm going to send you a new one. So it's like very tricky, you know, but it's something that I'm ready because I, I do want to moving forward. I want to do every work that I meant. I want it to be under my own contract. 
But if, you know, something happens and, and that's not possible, I don't, that's not going to stop me from putting out my work moving forward. You know, I think it's um, really interesting. I mean, there's, I, I don't think there's any doubt about like having your own, the importance of having your own contract in the longer term. You know, you hear you on Twitter, like everyone kind of FOMOs you to think like, oh, you have to have your own contract. But in the other side, you know, on the other hand, what's funny is, you know, if you look at CryptoPunk, for example, right, it predated the ERC 721 standard. So it was not under that certain you know, technical bar, what we kind of classify as, you know, the standard for the NFT, right? And people ascribe a lot of, you know, historical value to, you know, those things where it was not on the technical terms, right? Not at the what standard of what, how NFTs are minted today. So I think there is going to be, it's interesting, right? I, I, if people FOMO you into think that you have to have these, but I think it's just, you're just part of, you're, you're just taking a part of natural evolution of how things evolve. And as long as you, don't fall behind on, you know, on average trend of what it is, I think there is really not an issue. I mean, people tell you like, oh, if you don't mint it on your contract, like later people are going to look back and think it's not, you know, legitimate or, you know, whatever. But, you know, people give legitimacy to CryptoPunks, right? It wasn't ERC721, but there's still value to these, right? It's one of the most valuable NFT collection that is out there. So, yeah, you know, like Dave and how I just said, it's good to have something down the line, but I think there's no real issue to mint your collection on OpenSea or other contracts that are sort of prominent and used by you know many people in the space. And you know who knows? So maybe people look back and like, oh, like it's really cool to have something minted on a, that old contract, right? Before everyone had their own contract. Because I would imagine like three to five years out, like everyone's going to have their own contract. So it it could be interesting, like, you know, you know how X copy was on the first few mints that happened on, you know, Super Rare. And there are some other works that was minted on like the very first contract that Super Rare put out. And there's a lot of historical value to that, you know, although it's not owned by the artist and all that stuff. So it's a really interesting, I think it's, it's double-sided sort of view. Although a lot of people push for their own contracts. So I think um, there's some duality to how we should think about this. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I would also say that the best way to learn in this space is to experiment and iterate and then learn from what you've done and move forward. And if you don't participate, you're just not, you're going to put yourself at an extreme disadvantage. And so yeah, you, you really just got to like, just start, just hop in, like just hop in, mess around, see what works for you. Everything, there's so many different layers to this technology that there's so many different ways to do it. Just experiment and have fun. And, and don't, you know, again, don't let the best become the enemy of the good. Because if you don't, if you don't try, like you're never going to get anywhere. And, and Paolo, you're somebody who tried very early. And again, like in that, you know, over the winter, when we were all talking about how there's wasn't a lot of room for photography, you were like, you know what? I don't care. I'm just going to mint my photos because this is my core art. This is my core identity. And I'm, I'm just going to let it sit. And you did. And then, and now look at you. So that was like a really great example of, of learning step-by-step, step, not being too precious with the contracts or anything like that. And just really getting your work out there and, and starting to build your, your name in the community. 
I don't know if you have anything you want to say about contracts, but I did have another question for you, but I'll let you, I'll let you weigh in if you want. And just like for me, like I, I wanted to ask Tom, because you know, as a collector, do you see any difference? Do you value someone else's work more just because they have their own contract versus just like minting straight from OpenSea? Because I feel like that's important for people to like hear about, like, because I feel like, like you said, most people think like just because they don't have their own contract that that it's not going to be as great, that it's not as valuable. So I think that's this is something the topic that is important for people to like hear about coming from you as a collector. I think there is like minimum bar. Like for example, like I want to have a, like metadata to kind of circle back to the creator, right? Some ways like tie it back, make sure that there is some provenance to oh this work actually came from Moneros, right? some proof that down the line that I can show and prove to people. But, you know, beyond that minimum bar, which I think, you know, like even earlier this year or late last year, that standard was more tricky, I think. But I think nowadays, you know, how how things are done is pretty standardized. And there's like a minimum information that is there so you can prove the provenance of it. So. I'm not too worried. Like, I, I don't think I collect something just because it was minted on you know, Super Rare versus Foundation versus own contract versus, you know, just OpenSea contract. I I mean, I prefer like artist customized contract, but I'm not going to pay like more or less because it was minted on certain contract. I mean, I, I mean, there are definitely collectors out there who have a heavy emphasis on that aspect, but Another layer that I think we don't really talk about a lot is that, you know, as like, you know, Dave is a great example. And obviously, Pella, like they're building their communities around here. And that's like you're building your reputation in the space. Right. It's like it's it's never going to be on chain, the reputation, but you are building this community. And and there is like provenance to things that you have done in the in a social way. And the people, there are people who are around to, you know watch these things you know evolve and happening so i don't think like for example i don't think like people did some work and with all these his social presence and how he has impact in you know, nfts like i don't think he's going to deny something that he minted you know, that's a that's a pretty hard proposition like you know like he, he he did some kind of work and minted on some some platform Maybe it wasn't the best provenance done, but for him to take it back where all these people, you know, watch that happening and saying, no, it's not real. That's, you know, pretty difficult proposition, I think. So beyond on-chain, I think there are some other ways to also help the provenance and, you know, community around you, you know, watched along with everyone else. So I kind of think about those as a sort of like a next layer safety net in terms of how to prove something. That actually transitions into our next topic, which I'm really excited about, which is that that community. Like, we're moving from, you know, I think that Web two. Just to get back to like the topic, Web two. It was like a like I consider it a training ground for Web three, because Web two is an attention economy, and basically the whole goal of Web two. Like, I'm and again, guys, I'm talking about like Instagram is, is the best example right now is to amass as much attention around you as possible and kind of at any cost. But one really good way to amass attention around yourself is to kind of foster your community and make sure that everybody who follows you feels like they have a little piece of your story and they have a, they can get in touch with you and they, they get a response if they engage with you. And Web3 
is that, but with a much higher payoff. Because instead of an attention economy, we're kind of in an art market. And it, it does require you to build community and build attention around yourself a bit. But you can move at a slower pace because if you do sell a piece, the rewards are so much higher than getting a like on Instagram that you can afford to take your time and to build deeper relationships and to put more effort and time into the pieces of art that you end up releasing and minting on the blockchain. There's like kind of a new layer where now social media to me is just purely a marketing tool and, and a community building tool. But the real art that I'm putting out into the world is the stuff that I make the decision to you know, make that investment and mint onto the blockchain. And I really like that extra layer because it allows me to put way less pressure on my social media communities and myself. And I know I speak for myself and Paola that it's, it's extremely exhausting to keep up with the, I call it the circadian content cycle of, of Web2, where if you, just, if you take a week break on Web2, like, you have to spend a month catching up. And that's just not a sustainable mental health situation. <laughs> So I think the joy that we found in, in Web3 and, and blockchain is that we can still do our Web2 thing, and, but we can move at our own pace and a little slower. And then when we really, really are passionate about an idea or a piece of art, that's when we mint it. And we can really like have a much deeper relationship with our communities, our collectors. And it's truly this beautiful digital art market that is emerging right underneath our feet right now. And so to anybody on the sidelines and still kind of completely committed to Web2, I'd really encourage you to, to look at what Paola's done and making that transition. Paola, I'd love to hear, you know, just, I just, you know, granted a bit, but I'd love to hear how those ideas kind of have applied to your experience in the space as well. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with everything that you've been saying. It's just for me, I'm like struggling a bit because I'm like, I'm tired because like, you know, I I wish I could spend all of my time and energy on the NFT space and just like just mint stuff and buy my people's art and just like be 100 percent in here. But then I also have to remember that I also have Web2, which is like Instagram and I and I have contracts that I signed that I have yet to complete. I have so much work that I still have to do before the year ends. And it's like, oh my God, as much as I want to just do Web3 for the rest of my life, because this is just has been so rewarding and it's just fun and it makes me happy again. You know, it's like that excitement, especially with the community and everybody just like, it's, it's like brand new and it feels refreshing, you know. But the reality is that I, I can't because Web2 is still such a big, big part of my life. So it's it's a constant struggle. And, and most times I feel tired sometimes I feel like I can't I can't do both so it's like a like a mental balance of like oh my god like I'm on Twitter 24 7 like right now like I used to be on Instagram 24 7 and now I I barely open Instagram because I'm so invested on this space and you know because it brings me it brings me so much joy but then I then I have to like constantly like remind myself like no you, you can't do this because you also have to keep up with web two because you work so hard to get where you where you are right now. And so, you know, I, I know that there's people out there that also struggle with this because, you know, I, I talk about this with my friends. But I like sometimes I have to remind myself just like breathe. Like, you know, every day is is it is new thing. Every day is 
a new experience. This space feels like it goes from zero to a hundred and like in minutes, while just Instagram remains like the same. And, and you know, it's like nothing, nothing happens. Everything, you know, so many like people are always complaining about Instagram, and it's just it feels the same, and like it makes me even more tired. So I maybe next year things are going to change for me. Maybe I'm going to you know transition from just like maybe saying goodbye to Instagram and just focusing all my time and energy on the NFC space because I honestly think that this is the future. It has changed my life in ways that I could never imagine. And Dave, you you know, you are one of the reasons why. You've, you've been able, able to help me with this. Um, every day you just help me. And it's like you're one of the most amazing guys that I've ever met, especially in this community, everything that you do. You put people first before you. You're always thinking about others. Um, it's, it's just like inspiring. If if I've learned something about this space, it's like, you know, whatever I do, I just want to be like you and just like give to the community. Because I think one thing that you told me when I was having dinner at your house was like, you help others. And then one day when they're on top, they're always going to remember you. And they're just going to like be like, you help me out. So I think that's very important. And that's something that I follow. So, yeah, it's just it's it's a balance and, you know, something that that I have to work with like every day. But it's it, but I'm excited again. And it's just like this space gives me hope. And, you know, seeing how, how people's lives are changed daily and constantly is just like inspiring. And it's just like makes me the happiest. Wow. <laughs> You're going to make me cry. About it. <laughs> it's it's true. <laughs> You're the best. But um. Really, like, uh, just as you gave me an opportunity to to say something, which is, we we are in an interconnected ecosystem, and that's what the internet does: is it allows us to all connect globally at the speed of light. And what that means is that we we're kind of all committed to each other in this way that if one of us succeeds, we can bring the rest with us. And that's you know the the thesis behind my project, All Ships, is like there's space for everyone and and it's our duty to kind of like be the bridge and, and and kind of connect with each other and make sure that our ecosystems, our digital ecosystems are healthy because, you know, a tree like isolated in the middle of like a parking lot is a lot less healthy than a tree that is in a robust forest with all sorts of life around it. And, and if we can just focus on the health of the larger ecosystem, you have to worry way less about your own personal success. And it's just a much healthier way to live. And, and I'm so glad that Web3 came along because I was about ready to give up on, on social media. Just It was so, such a more um, narrow kind of look at me kind of platforms. And Web3 seems to be this much more dynamic ecosystem where technologists and artists collide and collectors and investors and, and builders all kind of can work in the same medium where we can all build it together. And I just really, really encourage people to, you know, look at the people who help you help them help the people that you, you have faith in and together we can go so much further than we can go individually. So yeah, thanks for calling that out, Paula. And I, I just, you know, it's, it's all of us. It's not one of us. Dave and Paula, like how, how do you guys, um, I guess something that may be helpful for others who are, mostly living in the Web2 world, um, thinking about Web3. Like, how do you manage the time, I guess, if there is any <laughs> such a thing even exists? But um, as you kind of try to like learn more and 
try to make that, you know, sort of pivot to transition? Like, like how did you manage your, you know, it's so overwhelming, right? Even just try to keep up with Web3 and you obviously have, you know, day job on the Web2 world to, to keep up. So like, do you have any thoughts or any like tricks <laughs> some ways that helped you to kind of manage that? Yeah, I'll, I'll take this and then pass to, to Paolo as well. Um, one thing that I would encourage you to do is whenever you're online, be unequivocally yourself. Like never project a false narrative or identity because if you do, you're in this constant game of playing catch up with whatever you said you felt or what you said you, who you said you were. And that is at scale, that's exhausting. It's completely mentally exhausting. That's something a lot of people do on Instagram and in web too, is like, they're like, look, my life's so perfect. Everything's great, blah, blah, blah. And, but that's just never true. So you, you kind of constantly have to put out these half truths about how great everything is. And it's just not fair. So like, I think one of the ways to reduce the amount of pressure and tension on yourself is to just always be yourself. I see, I see Elise Swopes here in the audience. And she's a great, it's perfect because she's a great example of somebody who's just like, wears it all on her sleeve and is super honest and is deeply creative. And, and because she's so much herself, like she has fun on the internet, you know? And I, I try to be as much myself as I can online so that at least when I'm spending, you know, hours and hours and hours on Twitter, at least I'm being me and I don't have to like turn on this kind of online Dave mode. And that would be an exhausting thing to keep up with. So that's one way. The other way is you got to take breaks. Like it, it's tempting to just think that you have to constantly be in every conversation and you're going to miss out. But I'm right now, as we speak, like I'm in the woods. I, I like left the city for a few days just to kind of take a break. And yes, I'm online in the space, but a lot of my time this week has been walking through the woods and like collecting mushrooms and like thinking about life and it's, I feel so refreshed just after a few days of, of taking a little bit of offline time. So take breaks. You're not going to, you know, destroy your career by missing a few days in the space. There's always more and we're just getting started. So be patient with yourself and, and really give yourself the time to breathe. And then you'll bring much better energy and authenticity to the time that you do spend online. So that's my take. Just balance, 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 and, and be as close to your core self as you can so that you don't have to burn yourself out, try to keep up with some false narrative that you've projected onto the internet. And Paula, I'd love to hear your opinion as well, because you, you're like even more split because you're doing the Instagram thing. I've kind of taken a step back from Instagram because I'm doing so much with all ships and, and on Twitter and, and all these spaces and stuff like that. But Paula, I'd love to hear how you find your balance. I know you're on vacation right now, so that's one way. <laughs> yeah, I, that that was one way for me to find the balance. Just like, you know, I need to go on vacation, so I'm trying to not be on my phone um, while I'm here. It's obviously hard because there's <laughs> there's something that we all experience, which is FOMO. You feel that if you don't, you're not constantly on Twitter, that you're going to miss out on something. There's going to be a new collection that's going to come out, and you're going to miss out on it. So it's you know, it, it's a it's a struggle, but also it's important to remember that. The word balance, I think it goes with everything that we do in life. Without balance, you know, we, we can't do much. So it's something that I'm that I'm constantly reminding myself that it's okay 
just to, you know, put my phone down to like not spend hours on Twitter, to spend time with my family, my friends. My, my wife is very patient with me because she knows how important this space is to me. Sometimes we're, we're having dinner and I, you know, I grab my phone and I'm on Twitter and I'm, I'm, I tell her, like, I'm just checking on my cat to see how my cat is doing. And she's like, oh, my God, OK, check on your cat. So it's just like she she gets it. You know, she understands how important this is. And she knows how that I'm doing this for a future. But like sometimes she's like, please, can you be present? And that's when I'm like, oh, my God, yes. So it's like a constant reminder, like 24 seven, like, you know, because if, if not, you're going to drive yourself crazy. And, and, and I know that it's affecting a lot of us like ment- mentally because it, and it's normal because there's so much happening 24 seven and so many changes constantly. So it's just a matter of like trying to find a balance of what you can do, how much you can take. And like on Instagram, like I, sometimes I, I just, I post and I put my phone down and then I just like, I, I don't check Twitter for like hours and then I grab my phone and I go over everything and I'm like, see, everything is okay. So it's like, so it's like little steps and it's not easy because again, FOMO is real and it's out there. But I think it's, it's very important to take a step back sometimes and just like, you know, remind yourself that, you know, everything's going to be okay. You don't have to be on your phone the whole time, but it happens. It's just, but, it, but it's very hard. I'm, I'm not sugarcoating it. You know, we all go through it. I have the same problems too. I mean, I, I bet an artist is probably even worse than I am. But like, even when I'm with my girlfriend, she's like, can you can you not look at your phone? You know, like that problem is just, I think, present for everyone. And it's a struggle and just just everyone. So, you know, you shouldn't feel like you're the only one who's going through this. We're in a way all in this together with, you know, similar issues and all these, you know, time management problems with just a pace of how the space moves is just crazy. That's a great question that you asked, Tom, as well. Elise, if you want to say anything, just raise your hand. I'll bring you up here too, because you're, I think, I've I've learned a lot from you about all this stuff and and mindfulness and just balance, but if not, totally cool too. And Tom, Elise would be a great guest sometime as well. So let's, in the background, let's work that out because she's incredible and and also has made an incredible transition from Web 2 to Web 3. Swopes. Hey. (laughs) <laughs> what's up good morning everybody. welcome how are you good morning gm gm <laughs> i'm happy that you requested some of my advice because i definitely have you know a lot to say about just keeping you know ourselves mindful and aware and and conscious of how we're feeling and being intentional with what we're doing in the space you know the perception and perspective of things but that takes a lot of practice it takes a lot of you know self-care and and for me personally I'm very very adamant about waking up early and spending that early time for myself and people may, may be surprised you know my first thing is opening Twitter when I wake up but the reason why I open Twitter right away is because I get to analyze and see and feel like really what's going on instead of kind of being ignorant to it. And that's kind of what I meditate to. That's what I, I don't know, I I think about and and practice to and read books about because during my meditation period, or at least in that morning time, I, I sit and kind of think about, you know, how I'm feeling, what are my intentions? I plan out my day, I plan out my week, I read a book, I meditate, I do yoga, and then I'll share and tweet and just interact with people. And that does a lot for me, at least 
just thinking about how I want to present myself and how I want to feel day to day. So as much as I think taking time off is really important because rest is the biggest investment we can have for ourselves. But I think making sure that we still analyze like what those feelings are and making sure that we control the internet for the way that we want to to experience it. You know, I block people all damn day <laughs> and I mute people all damn day and I unfollow people all damn day. So, you know, we can make this what we want it to be and it's in your control. Well said. And I, you know, it's, it's thrilling to see you find your footing in this space as well and, and do so, so well. If you guys in the audience don't know Elise Swopes, please go click on her profile and follow her and go look at what she's up to. She's done, doing incredible things across the space. I love your work. It's super rare. And and I'm so like, <laughs> it's so cool. We've known each other for so long. So like, long. About the same time as I've known Paula as well. So this is like our little Instagram community from 2014 is all like coalescing around Web3. And it makes sense because we were early to that environment and, and we're early to well, this one as well. well. And the I, thing, and I'm sure you completely know that perspective, is like we have seen this stuff go down already. Like we've seen the politics. We've seen like the way that a lot of the community can gravitate towards certain areas. And yeah, I think that's why I tend to just hold back sometimes on certain things because of the things I've learned from the experiences of community building and Instagram. Like I'm still very protective of myself. I'm very like, I don't know. I'm just, it may seem like some to some people that, you know, I don't retweet enough of people's work or I don't, you know, do certain things, but I support in different ways. But it's more about the fact that I've just had a lot of trauma and like PTSD from the experiences of the internet that we've had so far. And you know, mm-hmm. that's, it's tough to kind of navigate different things, especially with this community, because there's a lot of positivity, there's a lot of, you know, hope and, and support. But then on the other end, there's a lot of like phoniness, and there's not a lot of things being talked about that are pretty obvious to everybody. And that gives me a lot of anxiety and frustration. So, you know, I'm doing my best to still be supportive and, you know, do my part, because that's, I can only do so much with what I have and, and my intentions and my vision for my future. But, you know, it's tough for everybody to navigate for sure. And because of that, we need a full hour with Elise. <laughs> and we're going to set that up. Yeah. Let's do it. Having me up here, you guys. I appreciate it. And, and congrats to everybody. Man, dude, Mon- Monaris, I'm I'm so excited. And I apologize if I'm saying your name wrong, but I'm so excited for your, your Adobe talk. And uh, congrats again. Thank you, my love. I appreciate you. This is actually a great opportunity. I want to say, please, everybody in the audience, go follow Monaris. She's up to some incredible things. Follow Tom as well. Tom has been a great guiding light in the space for many artists, including myself, and has done incredible things and is, is a very forward thinker and very supportive of, of the artists here. So definitely follow him. Follow Oasis Unstacked, which is our kind of co-podcast that we're doing with various people. And Paula, I want to give you an opportunity before we wrap up here to can you tell us about what you have coming up let's let's hear about the adobe thing let's hear about what you're doing with um sony and then and all your different you know you're doing so much so why don't you just take a moment to tell people what to expect from you across the board oh my god <laughs> so i am a luminary speaker for adobe max for those who don't know about adobe max it's uh, a virtual conference 
well, because of COVID, that's happened. That's happens every year. It's like very big deal for creatives. Um, there's a bunch of you know artists, creators. So this year, you know, I was fortunate enough to be given space as a luminary. So I'm going to be teaching a class about color grading because a lot of people want to know how I um, color grade my images. I have a very cinematic style of photography. So my my class is going to be about that, teaching um, tips and tricks, how I, so you're going to, you pretty much are going to see my whole process. I already finished the class. They came over um, my office and we did a whole video. It was pretty crazy, intimidating, but such an amazing experience. I just got such a big opportunity to shoot behind the scenes for a feature feature film that's going to come out next year. I can't say much about it, but I it's funny because I tweeted maybe like eight months ago that, you know, one of my goals and dreams was was to shoot behind the scenes for a film. And, you know, it's crazy when when you want something so bad in life, you know, sometimes the universe works in mysterious ways. And pretty much this has been my dream forever and it's actually coming true. So that's going to be super exciting for me coming up and just, you know, taking day by day, you know, trying to stay sane, stay happy, stay healthy. So it's, you know, I, I, I honestly can say that I've, that I've had the, the best year of my career. I'm very fortunate. I, um, you know, I, I never take a day for granted. I always want to stay humble. Because, you know, I think that's that's very important nowadays where there's so much happening all the time. But I think that's very important and something that I that I work towards, too. I, you know, I, I think about myself and all the things that I want to accomplish. And I'm just, you know, I, I live a life that very, very graceful and I'm just very happy all the time. And because I it's every day is a blessing. So I'm just, you know, very exciting, uh, very excited about the space and what's going to happen and I look forward to seeing how much is going to change because, you know, we all know how, how fast it changes every day. But it's, it's, it's a roller coaster and, and, and I love it. It's exciting. And I'm just, you know, happy to be here with you guys today. So thank you for your time. And, you know, I feel very special to be here today with all of you. Incredible. And we also feel so honored to have you here on stage with us today. You know, I'm a super fan of your work proud holder of your super rare genesis like <laughs> love it so much it means so much to me yeah we have your back all of us do and really look forward to seeing everything unfold in front of you because i think you're really ahead of the game and you're doing it right you are a shining example for how people can make that leap from web two to web three tom any closing words no but i made a bid for america's <laughs> work last night so a foundation oh yeah so. Come at me. Let's if you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I woke up like, and that's what this community is all about. Yeah, I know. Is mutual support and sharing ideas and and you know helping each other with resources and, and building this world together. So even you guys in the audience listening is helping us build a brand new world for artists to thrive in. And this is a renaissance. It's a revolution. And, and let's make sure that we guide it in the right direction and not, and like Elise said, let's not fall into the same traps we fell in for web two. So with that, I think we'll wrap it up. Please remember this, this is actually, you know, this is going to be a podcast. So if you missed part of the conversation, follow Oasis on Stacked here on Twitter to get updates on when that episode will be released. And until next time, we really look forward to, to hosting you 
hopefully Elise, we'll be chatting with Elise soon because I love, love, love a longer conversation with you, Elise. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. And until next time, we will see you. Thanks, everyone. Bye, everyone. Take care. Bye.